Hour kicking off hour two of the program. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. For Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Or visit them at dlbasementsystems.com. Be caught up in the world of sports in hour one. Including a look back on Monday Night Football. Welcoming in our new color analyst here on Sportsnet 960 fan, Megan Mickelson, in case you missed the news earlier today. And chatting some Toronto Blue Jays with our pal Ben Shulman. All of that available on the Hour One podcast, which will be up shortly. Google, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Coming up a little bit later on in Hour Two. Stampeders back in action after a bye week. We get you your Tuesday stamps report coming up with Maddie Rose. So right now, very happy to kick off the hour by heading down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, welcoming in our pal from Flames TV, fresh off the Young Stars Classic in Penticton. It's our pal Brendan Parker joining us this afternoon. Parks, thanks for the time, man. How are you? Good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How was the? Uh, you back in Calgary now from Penticton already? Yeah, we uh, we took off half the game uh, yesterday afternoon. Early start, 10 a.m., so we had uh, plenty of time to make our way back uh, to Calgary after the weekend. Was how, how was the tournament? It seems like one of those uh, can't-miss events on the schedule every year now. Yeah, it's honestly, it's such a great setup. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we talk about it a lot. Obviously, it's, uh, it's, it's a prospects camp, and it's kind of the, the precursor to main training camp, but uh, it's such a great setup there in Penticton. Obviously, all four teams are there. Uh, the facility, the South Okanagan Event Center, is outstanding. Uh, it's a perfect little junior rink for the Penticton Vs. They draw well uh, throughout their BCHL season. Obviously, the defending BCHL champs, but there's a little practice facility. Uh, the teams are all well taken care of. And, um, and then you get to see some pretty good hockey, some young kids. It's not traditional exhibition play. Um, there's a little bit of, a little bit of edge, a little bit of bite to the games, uh, especially the Oilers and Flames, which is great to see. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Great weekend. Well, cool to hear, man. And for you, it's a chance to get back behind the mic. I've never had a chance to ask you, where did the, the play-by-play chops come from? Is it something that you've always had in your back pocket? Was it the, the dreams of a young Brendan Parker to, to one day be calling hockey games? Where did that come from? You know what? I, I started, I don't know if it was necessarily number one on the list, to be honest with you. I think it was always, you know, part of it, but uh, the the dreams were probably more on the hosting side, believe it or not. Uh, okay. But I, but when I was uh, coming up, we did, you know, a little bit of stuff, uh, both color and play-by-play through through the ranks. The Saski circuit, I like to call it. <laughs> uh, it was like North Battleford, Yorkton. Little uh, stop in Melville, Regina, and uh, worked kind of both radio and TV. So it was nice. kind of like it was all or nothing. You, you know, you pulled in the van at the start of the morning for a game between the Melville Millionaires and Yorkton Terriers, helped set up, and then the odd <laughs> time you'd call the game, and other times you're working a camera, sometimes you're working graphic switcher. So <laughs> that's kind of where it all started. Uh, I haven't done it consistently, uh, but I still try and get out every once in a while when I can. I really do enjoy it, and uh, and it's a, it's great to be able to do it you know, this past week in that, uh, in that spotlight. You did a great job, pal. I wanted to make sure to congratulate. It's always fun to, I know, try something different. And I was just, I was always curious whether it started like that. And funny you mentioned that I got my, my mom's from North Battleford. I got family in Yorkton and, and one of my best friends has been calling games in the SJ for, uh, for the Melford Mustangs for the last 
five or six years, so I'm pretty familiar with that that small town circuit that you ran for a while there. It's the best, and and honestly, I like if you're a young broadcaster, uh, you know, you get that every once in a while, as I'm sure you do too. People ask, you know, what can I do, or what's some advice you have. And for me, the best advice has always been just do everything, yeah. anything and everything, because, uh, you know, the, the, no setup is the same. You learn something new on every stop. Uh, Andy Neal was the first guy I actually worked with. So shout out to Andy Neal. He used to do WHL games for the North Stars. He, he called games in uh, Prince Albert for the Raiders, too, and uh, worked for Shaw as well. But he was the first guy I got to do color with for the uh, Battleford North Stars in the SJ for a little while. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many great experiences with that stuff, but the jobs are there. Sometimes you might have to volunteer your time. I yep. say that that's, that's what comes with it <laughs> yeah. at first. But, you know, if you like what you're doing, which I did and still do, uh, you know, you don't mind one bit. That's cool, man. Uh, I want to talk to you a bit about you know, the speciality of this tournament itself in, in the Young Stars Classic. And I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, your perspective, especially, and, you know, same with Olivia and Tori and all you guys that sort of do so much great work behind the scenes with the flames, but what it's like for these kids to kind of come into this situation for the first time. And, you know, what does it got to be like for, for Jaden Lipinski or for Sam Honzik? Like you mentioned, it's the first time for them to, to really try on those flames colors and, and get to play together. It's it, again, it doesn't mean anything standings wise. It's just a chance for them to get together and, and do some building together. But I imagine you see some pretty cool stories with these young guys, or even some of the guys that you guys, have known in the organization a little bit longer, maybe like a guy like Adam Klapka. Yeah, honestly, I was thinking about that kind of as the week went along, you know, it's, it, there are, there, there is different scenarios, you know, it's kind of, you know, you got your first round pick and a guy like Sam Honzik, um, who maybe has a little bit more of a spotlight, Matt Coronado, of course, going into his first main camp and he gets, you know, a fair amount of attention, obviously from everybody. And then, um, you know, and then there's other guys that are on PTOs and it's just a thrill of a lifetime. You know, obviously you want to make a good impression and, and it's all about that to start. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it's such a perk to be there and such a bonus and a privilege that you're, you know, you're wide eyed and just soaking up every moment, you know, and I think of a guy like Nathan Pilling, who's, you know, who had a great, you know, three days, I thought for the, for the Calgary Flames prospects, you know, and he was centering a, a line throughout all three games, but, you know, he's a Calgary kid and gets a chance to, you know, skate with the flames and obviously earned his way there, you know, and then there's a guy like Adam Klapka who just felt like a real pro being there, you know, his second time going through it. He obviously stood out last year, uh, you know, at the same time at the same weekend. And I thought he did again, you know, he's just such a big presence. You know, you could tell that he played pro hockey, you know, that, that really stands out to me. The guys that have spent a year or maybe a year and a half playing pro already, you can just kind of, you know, see the calm in their game. You can see kind of, you know, the detail and the habits there. And, you know, I thought that there was some nerves for sure. I think Trent Cole said that after the first game, particularly with, you know, some of the younger players. And, you know, at one point I think they had three 18 year old defensemen in the lineup and, you know, one of the other guys was 20 years old. So you had two guys who were over the age of 20 and that's, that's a tough spot to be in, in that tournament because of the management, uh, you know, the coaching staff, everybody's sitting there watching scouts. Um, you know, it's a big, big group of, uh, of personnel from all four teams. And I, I think that that can be a little overwhelming at first, but you, you just love the way that they kind of settle in. And then by the third game, you know, it was great to see the strides every single game. They kind of took strides and, you know, particularly uh, with the Calgary Flames group. And then you finish with two wins and everybody goes home and feels good about it. And now you get ready for main camp. Yeah. It sure seemed to follow along with the messaging that Trent call had for this group, which was get better as the tournament goes on. I, I, I talked about this earlier last week. I think it was parks and, 
I don't think people always understand how hard it can be for these guys to jump in to a game scenario. And you know it as well as anybody. you got kids coming from junior. Like you mentioned, you've got invitees. You've got PTO guys. You've got guys that are definitely going back to junior hockey and some that will go to pro hockey. It's a lot to ask for them to come together and just gel for three games right off the bat. Some of these guys have never met before, let alone played hockey together before, right? Absolutely. There, and, and you could see that, right? I mean, I think it was interesting because, you know, specifically with Lipinski and Hanzik, obviously they have some familiarity there and it's pretty rare when you look at, you know, these types of situations. And then they started them separately. I thought that was interesting. You know, they they started Hanzik with Coronado and I think Karens was up the middle there. And then by game two, Hanzik and Lipinski uh, went together and then spent kind of the rest of the week together. And you could tell that that, that had some chemistry there. And, and I think Trent Cole kind of talked about, you know, you take cues from guys, you're trying to figure out, you know, what might work with where, and, you know, obviously all the staff has input on that, but uh, you know, the power play in particular, like, you, you know, it should have chemistry. Uh, you know, you got skilled players, you got guys who can, you know, zip the puck around, but it, it just takes time. It's not that easy. And, you know, you can definitely see that in the first game, but then, you know, by the end of the tournament, I thought, you know, the Strongren, Hanzik and Lipinski line was by far their best line in that final game. And, you know, maybe that's a product of having some chemistry there and kind of finding it and a little bit of confidence as that, as that event went through. So, you know, you, you can't expect it. They really had two skates prior, right? You skated one time in Calgary and that's get on, get on the ice. And, you know, you obviously did some development camp reps, but one skate and then a morning skate and the, and then you played a hockey game. And that's the situation for all, all four teams. But, you know, to expect much chemistry, especially early in the tournament would be pretty far-fetched for sure. But they figured it out as they went along and, uh, and, and they had some, you know, a couple of really good combos by the end of the week. Well, let's ask you about uh, a couple of those individuals that you saw over the tournament. Let's start with Sam Honzik because obviously being a, a high draft pick in this most recent draft parks, so there's lots of excitement and our first real chance to, to see him in a competitive atmosphere because development camp is, as Pat likes to say, it's, it's a skills camp. It's a good chance for the organization to get to know you and vice versa. This is something different. This is a chance for you to see them in a competitive environment. How did you think he handled the tournament as a whole? You know, I think just kind of how we were describing the whole group, I thought Hanzik was a really good example of that. I think, you know, I think there was some nervous nerves, a little bit of tentative uh, play early on in the, in the event. And then as it went along, I thought he got better and better. You know, the one thing that we heard from, you know, Craig Conroy and Todd Button and, uh, you know, the scouting staff was about how good this guy is with the puck, how good he protects it, you know, and, and can get down low and kind of control control a shift. And I think we started to see elements of that, uh, just the way that they started to move. And then, you know, I think they were really good, you know, the, you know with Lipinski, they, they moved the puck through the neutral zone with some speed. They, they started to possess it more. The first game against Vancouver, you know, was tough for everybody. It was kind of tough slogging, but I think, you know, the more they played with the puck, the better they were. And the confidence started to grow. You know, we had him mic'd up in the second game against Edmonton. And he's, he's not necessarily a big talker. But, you know, the one, thing, the one thing he talked a lot about, and you heard clips of it both in the piece and then ones we didn't use, is just, he, like, speed. He, he, yeah. wanted, he wanted to get the puck at high-end speed. Like, let's get it while we're moving and get, you know, get going north and south really quick. And I think, you know, that's, that's where he started to see elements of his game start to really stand out was when he got the puck with some pace. And then, you know, they got on the forecheck and they also, you know, they cycled the puck really well. I thought that line did a really good job. A couple of their goals came off the face off, but there was also, you know, some really good work just on down low in the cycle uh, when especially Lipinski and, and Hanzik had it. 
Uh, and what did you think about Matt Coronado? I know lots of people really intrigued. Obviously, he got the one game of pro experience at the NHL level late last year in that game against San Jose uh, alongside Dustin Wolf. And interesting for, for Matt, maybe more than others, Parks, because there's some legitimate NHL camp buzz about that. Not saying that somebody else couldn't surprise and make noise in camp, but I think a lot of the conversation has been about how Matt's going to use Penticton into this whole training camp with the Flames. How did you think he handled that and handled the sort of expectations that came along with this rookie camp? Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think for, I think for Matt, I think, you know, sure you'd like to see him, you know, stand out and pop, you know, three or four goals in, in a rookie tournament or whatever it might be. I mean, he had the one goal that was just an absolute rocket and, and everything we hear about with that release, uh, which was great to see. Um, but for me, I think it, more importantly, it's like, let's make sure that we're ready for when main camp starts because he is going to get a legitimate opportunity. And as much as, as much as Penticton and, and the prospects camp is, is important. Um, I, I think it's all about, you know, continuing to t- take strides. He played a lot of hockey since the end of the season, obviously world champs and then being in Calgary for development camp, you know, spent a really good chunk of time in Calgary training with Dylan Dubé and, and a number of the other veterans who were skating at uh, seven chiefs. And I think for him, this is all a build up to being ready for main camp. So I'm going to still take everything with, you know, kind of a grain of salt in that. I, I think for him, the biggest steps are going to be to come yet. And, you know, I think he, I think he came along really nicely through prospect camp and through, uh, through Penticton. Um, same thing, same thing, like for Hansik, I thought he got better as it went through. Um, you know, I thought he had a whole bunch more looks, you know, in the last two games and, and we got to see elements and flashes of the release. And I think he was a little bit more aggressive with that kind of shot mentality as it went along as well. But, but for me, it's, it's kind of like, okay, this is, this is all part of the process. He gets a little bit of a head start on some of the vets. He's got three games under his belt. And now, you know, I expect him to be fully ready for main camp and, and to make a real push here. Uh, you've mentioned a couple of names throughout their conversation, but is there anybody else that, that stood out to you in a positive way that you think is, is worth bringing up? You know what? I, I, I like Connor Murphy, uh, the goaltender. I thought, I thought he had uh, you know, a really good couple of games. Obviously played a game and a half, but a really big body, um, really calm presence in the crease. And um, I thought he stood out in a really good way. The other name I'll throw out there, and, and I don't know where it registers. Uh, I know that the, you know, the Calgary Flames are pretty deep on the back end, but you know, I thought Jan Kuznetsov did everything that you could ask for him to do. You know, he's a 21-year-old guy. You could tell he they relied on him a lot, played in all situations for, you know, the Flames in Penticton because he's one of the elder statesmen. It was him and Jared Gorley. That was kind of it when it come, came to guys with pro experience. Jared Gorley, a Calgary kid, he's, you know, a college guy, so I think he's 23, 24. And then, and then Kuznetsov coming off that year of pro with the Wranglers. And, and I know they relied on him a lot. You know, he, be, he, he logged some big minutes, particularly as the rest of that Wranglers season went on. And you can just tell you know, on the back end, um, how steady he is, you know, the first pass blocking shots on the penalty kill, you know, the first game, you know, Winnipeg controlled most of it. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Obviously the scoreline says that, but he must've blocked six shots in that game. And I was thinking in my head, like there's, you know, not, not exactly how you wanted to start (laughs) your, your season with a few welts and a few bruises from game one of Penticton uh, when you got a long season of pro (laughs) hockey ahead of you. But I just think he's he's not he's wired like that. I mean, I think he just plays the game hard, and and I thought he stood out, um, you know, from a defensive side of things. You know, he operated the second power play, I think, in the first game, and maybe elements in the second as well. They kind of handed that off to Quinn Manti after that. It was Manti and 
at the MRM, but I thought, um, you know, he handled himself no matter what situation he was in really well. Uh, Brendan Parker along with us, Flames TV host, uh, also the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Flames over the weekend in Penticton. Before we let you go, Parks, uh, excitement level for training camp. We're just a few days away from getting going for real at the Saddledome again, pal. Yeah, it's starting to it's starting to ramp up for sure, and I think we'll uh, we'll we'll get going. It's almost it's in some ways it was hard to believe until we got hockey games in uh, in Penticton, and now it's like okay, now it feels real. We got uh, <laughs> we got three games under our belt. Spent enough time uh, in the rink over the weekend. I think I watched five of the six games that were there, and uh, now it's time to go. I, I think uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing just sort of the energy around the rink. Um, you know, seeing all the guys, you know, skating back together and that main group coming in there and just kind of setting, setting a tone right from day number one. I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like in those first on-ice sessions on Thursday. 100%. Pal, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Uh, can't wait to see you down at the Dome soon, Parks. All right. Cheers, Logo. We'll see you soon. Take care, pal. Brendan Parker joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline this afternoon. He was the play-by-play voice for the Calgary Flames over the weekend in Penticton. Did a fantastic job on the mic. Uh, working out those play-by-play pipes and uh, does a great job as your host of Flames TV. You can catch him all over the Saddle Dome with uh, the latest on the Calgary Flames, obviously in-house reporting as well. I uh, see him all the time on the, the Jumbotron and everything else. Parks does a great job uh, covering the Calgary Flames and appreciate him stopping by for a couple minutes to get his thoughts on the tournament that just finished up in Penticton for the Calgary Flames and now just a couple days away from kicking it off for real at the Scotiabank Sandal Dome, and that excitement level is just one everybody's talking about right now, and I love hearing it from Parks, and you hear it from Pat and everybody else. It's just there's going to be a different energy about this group, and we've talked about it for so long, but knowing that it's right around the corner that we're going to finally start to see that, and we're going to see that energy with the players and the coaching staff. You always see that kind of energy with Connie. That's just how Connie is. But for it to resonate... Uh, throughout the building again, I can't wait to get back down to the Scotiabank Saddledome uh, on a more regular basis. The first preseason game is coming up on Sunday, which is unbelievable. We're going to be back uh, on your radios with with Pat and Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills on the call. Really looking forward to that and and this 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 energy that everyone feels. And you know, we can talk about it a lot. It's interesting to hear from Parks because Parks is right around it, man. He's he's with the team when they go to Penticton and. He's on the road with them, bringing you, uh, you know, on on the road reports with with them at practice, and he knows and gets a feel for that energy, just like the rest of the team does. And for him to be excited about it, I think just adds to to my excitement and should add to your excitement if you're an observer or a fan of this team. That energy that they've talked about, I don't think it's just talk. I think it's a legitimate thing that is going to be around under Ryan Huska and, and Craig Conroy, and I think it's one that's going to make the day-to-day a lot more enjoyable for Calgary Flames fans, but it's also going to be it's going to be an excitement level for players that we didn't see last year. And again, I've said this a thousand times, I don't know how to quantify that in points. I can't tell you that a different energy level means X amount of points more for a Huberto or a Kadri or for the team as a whole but I just know the process of getting there is going to be a lot more enjoyable for everybody. And that's a really exciting thing. The team hasn't changed a lot. The, you know, Toffoli's gone and Lucic is gone. There's going to be some younger players around. It's it's not much of a different group than what was here last year, but can the, the energy, can the tide turn enough for this team 
uh, with a bounce back in, in how the, the room feels and how the energy feels around the rink. We're going to get an answer to that this season, and I'm excited for it, and I can't wait for it to get going uh, on Sunday, and I can't wait for training camp to get underway uh, under Ryan Huska in a couple of days' time at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Calgary Stampeders could use some of that positive energy going forward for them. Uh, they are in a desperate, desperate position when it comes to making the CFL postseason week 16 coming up starting on Friday in the nation's capital with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders taking on the Ottawa Red Blacks. Stamps are back from a bye week. They were back at practice today at McMahon Stadium getting set for a home game on Saturday against the Montreal Alouettes. It's not quite there when it comes to the standings, but it, it might as well be. The path to the playoffs for the Calgary Stampeders is pretty much win all the games you have left and maybe hope for a little bit of help when it comes to some of the teams that you need to pass either in your division or more than likely on the crossover side of things. How is the energy around the Calgary Stampeders right now? What's the message from a guy like head coach and GM Dave Dickinson as they enter the final stretch of the season coming up on Saturday? It starts against the Montreal Alouettes with a five o'clock kick or two o'clock kickoff. I should mention on Saturday afternoon at McMahon Stadium. Matt Rose has your Stamps report. Talk all things Stampeders around the corner here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Week 16 of the CFL season kicks off on Friday. Doubleheader that starts in our nation's capital. Red Blacks, Riders, Red Blacks 3-10, and Riders 6-7. and Followed up by a matchup up the road in Edmonton. It's the Lions and the Elks kicking things off at 7.30. BC at 9-4. and four. Edmonton with a 4-10 and 10 record. And then Saturday, your Calgary Stampeders back in action. Following a bye week, they are at 4-9. and nine. They'll host the 6-7 and seven Montreal Alouettes. And then we wrap things up Saturday evening with the Battle of Ontario, Hamilton, and Toronto. Note the kickoff time on Saturday at McMahon. It is a 2 p.m. kickoff between the Alouettes and the Calgary Stampeders. Stamps in desperate need of a playoff push. They're coming off a bye week. The standings don't look kind to them at 4-9 and nine on the season. The Elks now tied with them in points on the season. Looking at a crossover potentially against Hamilton. They're going to need to win their way out and get some help on the out-of-town scoreboard. But first things first, they need to deal with the Montreal Alouettes. That's their next opponent. They're back after a bye week and getting set for another week in the CFL. To get you caught up with the Calgary Stampeders, who are back at practice at McMahon today. Turn things over to Matt Rose with your Stamps report. The Stampeders returned from their second bye week on Tuesday, getting back on the practice field in preparation for the Alouettes, who come to town for a Saturday matinee at McMahon. Going to be a crucial game for the Stampeders, especially after this past weekend's results. We will get to the standings and the schedule in just a little bit. But at practice on Tuesday, Dave Dickinson talked about coming back from one week off after their bye. I can see a little bit of rust, but the guys want to be here and they want to play and want to give it a shot. So um, when you, you miss the guys as a coach and everything, you can be in here watching film, but you just miss being around. This is... To me, the field is kind of, 
your sanctuary. It's where you want to be. That's where I believe all of us want to be. So maybe a bit of a mixed message per se, but maybe also not surprising. The head coach and general manager also talked about how much he likes to get away from the season while he is during a bye week. I think most guys, it doesn't go away, especially in season. You know, when the season's over, it's over. But um, yeah, you obviously can do some other things, but no, uh, you're especially when you're struggling, you're just looking at what are some ways or what are some things uh, to give us that extra bit, that extra energy, that extra motivation, that extra confidence, all these things. And really comes down to practicing well and taking that practice into the game. Now it's about seeing if all those late nights in the office, drawing out plays, patterns, plans, whatever you want to call it, now it's about seeing if it will all work on the weekend. You don't know until you play. It, it, the, the, it's just like play calling. You can say, oh, that was a good call, bad call. Most of the time it's results driven. Um, if it didn't work, a lot of times you think it's a bad call. Even might have been set up for a certain situation or a certain coverage or a certain look. And if it doesn't work, you start questioning uh, those type of things. So it's a result driven business. So when I say, did I find anything, we'll see because uh, we need to win a week off they have another bye coming up after their next two games it'll be their final bye they have five games left had a chance for a brief chat with Julian Hauser between practice and meetings on the race the Stamps find themselves in as well as the bye week here in Calgary where Julian first year Stampeder was able to participate in the Calgary Flames charity celebrity golf tournament. And you guys had the Montreal Alouettes coming in. Just tell me a little bit about this challenge and how you're approaching this, knowing the gravitas of the situation with five games left. Uh, you know, we look at Montreal, they're a good team. Um, they can run the ball well. They got it, uh, they're good up front. But really right now we're just like focused on us, taking one game at a time, trying to get back on track and knowing that at this point in the season, we, we just got to gotta win every single game. The injured list is long. What does that mean for veterans like yourself, Wigan, you know, Mike Rose in the middle there? What does that mean for you guys as you kind of continue to press on in the season? Uh, you know, we look every week we're trying to step our game up at the same time. Um, you know, the guys who are younger coming up to replace the injured guys, we got to, you know, help them um, in every way possible that we can, you know, just get them, uh, get them ready for the game and that way they can go out and help us. How much do you look at standing, schedule, that type of thing? How much did you watch football over the uh, bye week? But we got to try to get away from it. But mm -hmm. like during the season, it's you know every day, you know, watching it, you know, film, games, everything. So uh, by week, I try to get away from it for a little bit, take a break, and then once it's uh, once we're back on the field, it's you know it's back to the back to the regular schedule. I actually had a chance to see you last week at the Flames charity tournament. You're oh, yeah. playing in a city now that has an NHL team. How cool was that for you to kind of be a part of that? Oh, it was really cool. It was a cool. Uh, it was a great event. Uh, had a great time. Haven't golfed in years, and uh, <laughs> you know went better than expected. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. You're enjoying living in Calgary then because a lot of guys will leave during the bye week but you stick stuck around. Oh, I love it up here. There's so much to do around here. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I love it up here so far. Enjoy the week. Good luck, man. All right, thanks, man. That is first-year Stampeder Julian Hauser has had a really solid season at defensive end for the Stampeders and lovely to hear he is also enjoying Calgary. A couple of injury notes to touch on from Tuesday's session. First of all, the running back, Kadeem Carey, one of their top players, limited once again. He was early and then he just felt a little tightness. You know, sometimes... I hate to say it, travel and airplanes and this and that can, can have an impact on a body. I, I certainly don't think it's going to be an issue. Uh, we'll have more information tomorrow. On top of the limited tag for Kadeem Carey, Tommy Lee Lewis and Trey Roberson were also absent. Some personal things, um, yeah. So hopefully we'll get more of them tomorrow, just um, some personal things. 
We'll have to see what the injury report looks like Wednesday afternoon with Wednesday being a closed session. Let's take a moment to focus on sneaking into the West. Thoughts on a crossover a little bit later on this week. But right now, the Stampeders do still have a chance to get into the West. The Rough Riders sit third at 6-7. and seven. They have one bye week left. The Stampeders are second place, 4-9 and nine with one bye as well. Then there's the Elks, 4-10, and ten, only four games left and two more bye weeks. As for the schedule, Stampeders host the Alouettes this week, then they travel to Hamilton after. Winnable games, but nothing is certain before their final bye. They come out of the bye with a must-win game against the Riders at McMahon in mid-October before facing the Lions in BC and the Bombers at home in the final two weeks of the regular season. The Riders visit the Red Blacks this weekend, then they have the Lions the following week, then they will host the Tabbies, then the big game here at McMahon against the Stamps. Their final game is at home to the Argonauts. They have the bye in the final week of the season. And taking a look at the Elks as well, they are a little bit back, but nevertheless, they do have their couple of bye weeks, four more games for them. Uh, They are off this week, then they will host the Lions, then another bye, then at Toronto, home to Montreal, and at Winnipeg. They have a pretty tough schedule. Has head coach, general manager, and Dave Dickinson taken the time to look at the schedules and the standings like we have, especially as a man who has never really had to chase a playoff spot quite like this in his time as Stampeders head coach? Cliche as as always is, we've got to find a way to win this week's game and uh, take it from there. Um, You know, we're definitely behind. We get it. So uh, not you can't just keep potentially losing games you feel you, you can win. you got to win those games and then uh, kind of let it happen. And We are playing some opponents that are ahead of us and right ahead of us, so we got to find a way to win. And yes, as much as it is a cliche, that is the message that you do want to hear from the head coach and the players. Leave the standings and the schedule matrices to us public goofs. Stamps and Alouettes go Saturday afternoon, 2 o'clock start, closed practice tomorrow. Depth charts Friday, another practice coming up on Thursday as well. Oh, and before I go, just one more thing. Uh, Logo, trying to offer me Josh Jacobs and DJ Moore for AJ Brown and Joe Mixon. Come on now. First bad trade offer from you all season. Only took two weeks, I guess. What do I look like, Alex Brody? Come on now. With your Stamps report, I'm Matt Rose. Oh, Matt Rose. On air calling out Alex Brody. Brutal. Called me out first. (laughs) And then. What do I look like? Hit me up. Wow. What a gut punch. Just a drive by of Alex Brody. (laughs) Deserved, but. Well, that's what happens. Wow. I see. I saw Matt stick his face in here for 10 seconds and he had. This devilish little smile. It's usually just a cute smile. Matt's just a, a cute individual as it is. But I was like, oh, usually Matt just, in, you know, gets the stamps report in, does a great job as always, heads back home, does whatever exactly Matt does in the hours after stamps practice. But I wondered why he he looked at me with that devilish look in his face, and now I know why. Because he finished his stamps report by publicly blasting a trade that I tried to propose to him and then in turn blasting former morning show producer Alex Brody for accepting one of my terrible trade offers last year in the fantasy league we were in. So well played, Matthew. Well played. I'm learning though. I'm trying to be a better person this year 
now that I don't have Brody mentioning it every single morning on the morning show, I've, I've gotten less flack. But Cam, you're in one of our fantasy leagues this year. That's right. I'm learning as well. And I haven't, I haven't sent you any ridiculous trade offers. I haven't tried to. No, you actually reminded me to put some people that I have on the, the IL or the IR. And yeah, I've actually been. I've tried agents. to be a decent person, and I respect that. You know, and like for Brody, it's a completely different story. I have no. I found a way to improve my team last year, and he didn't. And some would call that taking advantage of someone that's new to fantasy football. I, he had every option to decline the trade or to ask for advice, and so he took the trade. So. But this year, I'm trying. Like I said, I've helped you with IR. That's right. I taught you what IR is. Yeah. I, know I haven't proposed to... any obnoxious <laughs> trades to you yet. Yet. I've Good told time. you that four tight ends is probably too many to have. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll work yeah, on that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's got four tight, he has four tight <laughs> ends right now. Roster. He started two this week. I just put the, the start playing this week button on yahoo i just hit that one for the next four weeks and fire and forget what is what is happening so in fairness now matt's a season i've been in i have been in fantasy football leagues and hockey leagues with matt for forever so i can throw i can throw trade proposals at him all i want once we get this hockey season going though I'll now, tell you, yeah, am I going to have to help Cam with his fantasy no, football now team? D- now I've like done I, it before. At least like I NHL. helped him. I completely rebuild his NHL fantasy team last season. But here, Vickers is, is here getting ready for Flames Talk. He wants to know what this is. You have his mic on there, Cam? I know it's going to take what, uh, what kind of damage did you do? Because you're the man I'm going to out you right now that's like, oh, you have Justin Herbert. How about I slide okay. you to Sean Watson Stop. for him? Okay, first of all, that was before the season started. That was before the season. And you were interested in, in Keenan Allen. Correct. To stack. And I went a different direction. I don't know why I get so much flack for trade proposals on this, let's, uh, on let's... this station. This wasn't... Now, Matt didn't like the trade proposal. That's fine. But what was it? I offered Josh Jacobs and DJ Moore for Joe Mixon and AJ Brown. Yeah, that, that's going to be a no. It should for me. be a no. I get it. Shut up. That's enough out of you. Okay, bye. No, not you, him with the booing. Oh, I don't have headphones on for the record. No, it's fine. I did look. Did I ex- did I expect it to to be an automatic? Yes. No, I didn't expect that to happen. But it was the beginning of negotiations. Did I think it was worthy of a drive by on the stamps report as it ended? I don't know if it was that bad. But like I said to Cam, I'm trying to turn a new leaf. I've been helping Cam. It's a new era. What do you help me? I've lost Chubb and Dobbins in consecutive weeks. Help me. I don't know that there is helping you after that. That's as brutal a start as I can think of. Khalil Herbert's my number one. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) That's Aaron Vickers. NHL.com. You know him from Flamestock. He'll be on with Patty coming up just a little bit. He's off to an if, if you have well wishes, send them send them Vic's way. He's uh off to a bad start in our Maybe you Calgary can trade him I'm two and Jonathan o. Taylor for uh, Are you actually two and oh? Letter grade F after the draft. Oh, two and oh. This is where I was gonna go is Yahoo absolutely sewered him on the tra- on the draft grades, which like I said to Vickers, I, I put this in our group chat. I wasn't even trying to be 
like normal, like trying to bring them down for it. I've never seen Yahoo give somebody an F when they actually tried to draft. I was very surprised that they even handed out F. So everyone was on Vickers. He got an F grade. Then he lost Dobbins, and now he's lost Chubb. But he is 2-0, so you're off to a good start. So I can't, I, I can't blame you for any of that. What happens now, I have no idea, but... Losses, losses the rest of the way, he says. Oh, Taylor, you are going to have to learn how to do fantasy football to help Cam. I, I do know how to do fantasy. There I will just, come, there will come a time. It's the football part that gets me tripped up. Yeah, there will come a time where I simply stop caring and try to look out for my fantasy team above all else, and someone will need to help Cam. Yeah, I I can you considering the, I you pretty much ran his fantasy hockey. I team rebuilt last year. that entire team, and I think that we did okay. Uh, but this year, with I no can help of it. your own, I can handle it myself. This year, I've watched a full season. I know, I think I know who is good and who mm. is not good mm. uh, or less good. Um, so this year, my hockey team should be okay. Fantasy uh, football out the window. Are you owned too? Maybe. You're as bad as your new football team, your actual fan team. My my your Vikings. Vikings. I'm uh, I'm good friends with my buddy Owen. Uh, Owen too. Uh-huh. Thank you. You're treading on Vickers' dad jokes. <laughs> which again, I don't think he likes very much. No, sorry, Vic. Uh, in actual real sports news, Jay's lineup is out ahead of their matchup against the New York Yankees. They will line up like this tonight for a 505 first pitch, leading off, playing right field, George Springer, batting second, and at shortstop, Bo Bichette, Vladdy DHing tonight and batting third. And uh, is this correct? At first base and batting fourth? Taylor, you won't believe it. It's Kevin Biggio. No reaction from Taylor. Wicked. Do I need to play the clip? Yeah, you should. This is going to be very janky. She's, she's putting... She's put her microphone up to her laptop speaker and is playing it uh, out we're of... Have to, yeah, we're going to have to do better than that next little, time. This is not no. high-level production up? worthy. <laughs> this uh, is not up to my standards. Kevin Bijou up to fourth in the lineup. He'll play first base. Davis Schneider hitting fifth at second. Dalton Varsho's in left, followed up by Matt Chapman. Alejandro Kirk and Kevin Kiermeyer bats ninth, playing center field. Your starting pitcher tonight is Yusei Kikuchi. 505 first pitch right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan or watch it on the Sportsnet television network. Also, some NFL news coming out following that brutal injury last night to Nick Chubb. His season is over. Not a surprise there. Multiple ligament tears in his knee. But uh, surprise, surprise, perhaps a former Browns running back. Back, Aaron Vickers trying to hide it away from everyone else in the Calgary media, fantasy football world. Kareem Hunt is visiting with the Browns this afternoon. Perhaps a re- This makes the most sense. I don't like... He's, I know he visited with a couple of teams earlier, but this just kind of... Does it? 
They refused to trade him last year, and then they didn't bother re-signing him, and now he's back. Well, it's perfect for him because he doesn't have to learn a new off, right? I mean, for him, it's it makes the most sense because going anywhere else, you're going to have to pick up a new playbook. Hopefully, you're in pretty good shape. You've missed all of training camp. So add in both of those. I don't know that any other situation makes sense. And if you're Cleveland, Jerome Ford was fantastic last night. I'm not going to lie. The kid balled out in a really, really tough situation. But you can't go forward with just Jerome Ford as your running back. Kareem Hunt, still a very viable option. He's duoed with Nick Chubb the last couple of years. And again, plug and play in the NFL doesn't always happen because of different circumstances like missing training camp, like not knowing the playbook. Kareem Hunt doesn't have any of those. And if you're if you're Kareem Hunt, get paid. Get some money for this. Cleveland's in a pretty desperate situation. If teams are trying to trade for Cam Akers because they don't have a running back, then I think Kareem Hunt can find a job. I think he's going to be okay. Cam Akers, again, benched by the Rams, looking to find his way out of L.A. Same old, same old story. Matt Rose texting me things now. <laughs> just, uh, just one of those days. Uh, it's been a great show. Good two hours. Uh, we're wrapping it up here on Sportsnet today. My outstanding producers are Cam and Taylor. They're in the other room here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown Studios. What did we do today? Chatted some Blue Jays baseball with Ben Shulman in hour one. We also told you about an exciting announcement here on Sportsnet 960. Once again, a hearty congratulations to Megan Mickelson, the new color uh, analyst here on Sportsnet 960, joining our broadcast team of Derek Wills and Pat Steinberg for the upcoming Flames season. Megan was in the house today. She's going to join Pat and Aaron on Flames Talk a little bit later on today. Uh, to talk about her new role with us here at Sportsnet 960. Two-time Olympic gold medalist in the broadcast booth. You saw her on uh, Sportsnet television broadcast last year, uh, breaking down things with the Calgary Flames. Couldn't be more excited for Megan to join the team. Make sure you catch her on Flames Talk with uh, Vickerson Steinberg a little bit later on today uh, to hear her side of it and how excited she is to join uh, the team here at Sportsnet 960. So we talked about that. Also... Uh, checked in with Brendan Parker, our pal from Flames TV. See how his experience was in Penticton, covering the Young Stars Classic for the Calgary Flames. He was back on the play-by-play mic. Did a tremendous job, I thought, in all three games. Got to see some of the kids uh, in their first pro experience, if you will. It's a rookie camp, but thrown on Flames colors for the first time. So we had a great chat with Parks uh, in hour two. And then, of course, Matty Rose, uh, a little drive-by shot at me for our fantasy football league, but most of uh, the good content from Maddie came in the form of a stamps report to finish things off. Stamps getting set for a matinee affair on Saturday afternoon against the Montreal Alouettes. You don't want to miss it tomorrow on the program. It's a Wednesday. That means ask Andy. So if you've got fantasy football questions, Aaron Rickers looking at you, uh, Cam looking at you, yep. you can uh, get excited for that. We'll have Andy on the program for a Wednesday to get you set for week three of the NFL season. Enjoy the Blue Jays game tonight. It's a big series against the Yankees. We'll dive into that on the program tomorrow. Uh, and enjoy Flamestock with Pat and Vickers coming up for the next couple hours. Appreciate you listening live or on the podcast. We're back tomorrow. 
Sportsnet Today is out of here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.